Welcome to another episode of the Being and Doing podcast, where I'm trying to um, invite people that inspire me uh, and in the hope that somehow by listening to these conversations, you will discover some new piece of your soul and start questioning things that you may have not questioned before. And uh, today I am, uh, it's my great pleasure uh, to welcome Gorica Mić. Mić? Mić, Mić, sorry. I knew, I, I stopped it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's my great pleasure to, to welcome Gorica Mić because um, as I mentioned to her before we started, there is something about the joy and the will to live in her personality that is very inspiring. Uh, and we are going to talk about um, the job and the passions. I mean, I think her your job and passions are not separate, but yes. <laughs> the job and the passion she has uh, uh, for the entrepreneurial um, uh, endeavor she has started, but also some somewhat uh, uh, we will touch upon somewhat of her personal journey. So welcome. And I'm really, really glad uh, to have you in. Thank you very much, Alex. I'm, uh, I have uh, been excited for waiting for this interview for a while now, and I'm happy to be here, really, and for our conversation to follow. So uh, I normally start this conversation by asking you, what are some words that you define yourself with? So what are some mm -hmm. things that you would associate with yourself mostly? Freedom would be probably the strongest one. Peace and love mm. I must say yeah and of those which one was the most difficult to uh fully embody peace absolutely <laughs> because of all you know um you're excited about many things want to do many things uh, at once if possible mm -hmm. you know not wait you know I hate waiting so uh -huh. I had to learn how to really uh, slow down because in slowing down, you make better decisions and you learn about yourself and what you actually want to do. Mm. Uh, sometimes it is not something that you feel passionate about instantly. That can be the direction, but the way you will do it and what it will actually be the outcome of your work, you need to slow down and feel what would be the best outcome for you or for whatever your audience, your customers depends you know, on the job or on the work you do. Mm, actually <laughs> I'm laughing because it's uh, it's my process and I'm like another another message for me uh, which is sent but <laughs> through my guests um, but I maybe we can stay we can slow down on this one actually mm -hmm. uh, and just sit a little bit with uh, what was the challenge to to allow you the slowing down and uh, how did you eventually um, or gradually um, get to a point where you, you now have ways of slowing down? And what are your ways? Well, the consequences of me going too fast were definitely my health. You know, how many people need to have health issues more or less serious in order to stop because your body tells you, slow down, sit down, lay down. You don't have to work every day because I like to do something every day. But I learned what it means to just don't look like you're doing something. You're doing it in your mind, in your soul, in your peace. But uh, this was a, a really big challenge for me. Uh, so the health issue, the, the, the problems, the vision problems that I had also, uh, not just the health issues. And then also 
uh, I saw with years that my life is not balanced, you know, like my work life, <laughs> work home life balance was not in place at all. Um, and I always asked myself, is, uh, so you're, you seem to be fine with this. Are you really fine with this? Because when you're younger, you think, okay, I got time for everything. And yes, you do. But sometimes, you know, you don't know that everything will come when you want it to come. So when that doesn't happen, you just simply need to stop doing some things and go work on other fields. Mm -hmm. And this was a great challenge for me because from a very young age, I um, played basketball for 14 years. So those were, you know, two workouts per day, you know, games and everything. And I really enjoyed this dynamic. So when this era ended, obviously you're finding yourself, you know, okay, what, what is the next thing I want to do? What job? Mm -hmm. Okay. I studied something, but then it turned out that I never did something that I, you know, graduated at university or my master's degree. No, never done any work with that. What was your master's degree? What was your... <laughs> I, I graduated from Lindenwood University uh, from Missouri, in Missouri, in, in the U.S. And I finished my uh, human resources management. And then my master's degree was business administration. And wow. I really love human resources field. I love that. Uh, it is still my passion, but I never really had the chance to work in it you know here back here in belgrade serbia mm -hmm. um i don't like how it works here it's way different than in the us i like it better over there <laughs> but anyways mm -hmm. uh, for me the, the knowledge is uh, certainly valuable because i discovered i use it in different ways really multidisciplinary i think most people uh, who are um, eager to learn new things can use different skills in ways that you never dreamed of uh, honestly mm -hmm. Uh, when you talk about presentation skills or you like teaching somebody something, you know, you have a bad teacher and a good teacher and teacher you like. You just like to listen to this person no matter what they talk about. So this is something that I always wanted to become. Like I, I like it when people listen uh, and when he, they hear me, actually, when I um, shape my message in such way so that I reach them. It is my job. It is my uh, pleasure, uh, ultimately, really to do this. So, but the achieving the peace back to that peace again, <laughs> uh, it took years, honestly. It was not without the struggle uh, because when I returned uh, from the US uh, to Serbia, it's a different world after six years of living oh, yeah. abroad. <laughs> and then I jumped back into the old ways, you know, like mm. how people think what's possible, what's not possible. So for me, it was always, I know it's possible, but I'll keep quiet about that. Because uh -huh. I just didn't choose to be uh, walking around and screaming, I can do this, you know. I just said, okay, I do it not for them, for myself. And then when I'm happy, everybody else will saw it, will see it, you know. So, and that's, that's where the peace came. When you know, okay, I'm in a good place now. And then, uh, surprisingly or not, uh, all other things fell into place. Uh, you know, personal life, um, emotional life, all these things that everybody wants to be in some kind of balance. <laughs> not in perfect balance, but that's okay. So it really took time. And uh, spending time with myself, having uh, business mentors, having um, people who are coaches, who coach me on different, different things. Because I also admire people who, you know, have this knowledge that after just a session, you see a great thing that they gave to you. You know, mm -hmm. wow, not, not everybody can do that. There's many mm -hmm. people who do that these days, coaching life coaches and different things. But 
um, you need to choose somebody who is fit for you. So this helped me a lot, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really, really like the, the, what happened for you in coming back from the US and allowing yourself to do your thing and let the thing emanate from you rather than you um, uh, kind of vocally saying things uh, about it. And I'm wondering um, what has been needed for you to be able to just uh, like kind of focus on your own track? I guess that's what I have challenges with because mm -hmm. there is the constant comparison uh and and it's really important to kind of trust your own uh compass in in a way uh thank you for saying that very much because i have a twin sister that i love very much see she's only two minutes younger <laughs> so oh, i'm the older yeah. one you yeah. know um when i came back from the us i must say i was seen by my certain family members as a failure you know like mm -hmm. She came back. What's going to come out of her? You know, because I finished all these schools over there. So why, you know, what do we do with that around here? So I felt uh, not the, the other people expectations, but expectations mm -hmm. for myself. Wow, I have to justify that I'm good, you know, that I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was the internal struggle, uh, to be honest. And uh, I said, OK, I, I'll just sit with it because it's mine. It's how I feel. Maybe it's not real I don't need to feel that way I can feel better and uh, along my way I um, mentioned in a few of my interviews that you and me talked about um, figures uh, who appeared as colleagues in the work that I've been doing at the time who said wow you're good at this you're good at that so you need to get you need to still receive some confirmations from the yes. outside because yeah. you know you keep working and working and you know improving yourself and it's small steps Mm -hmm. But it's uh, these small steps mean 90% of work. 10% is only what people see. Like, mm -hmm. okay, what do you do? How much money you make? Or they don't even know that. But it's people see on the surface. They don't understand, you know, the work behind. Yeah. And it's really 80 or 90%, I would say, like under the water. <laughs> you know, it's a huge thing. And uh, you, I, I myself uh, understood what's below. And that's what's uh, important for me because, because it's the base mm -hmm. of all that I do. And it's uh, sacred to me. Uh, and it's how I keep myself motivated, you know, get up mm -hmm. every morning and feel butterflies. Like, not, not every morning, but, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you need to be excited to get out of your bed, honestly. If you're not, you need to do something about that, definitely. Mm -hmm. There's many ways you can reach help. And we all recognize, you know, when you feel it in your heart or in your stomach, okay, that's the way, that's the person I will speak to or address. Mm -hmm. But it's really, really important that... Um, you keep doing what you feel drawn to. Uh, for me, sometimes I've done work for eight years that I never got any money. I mean, I would be to zero. You know, I would not be <laughs> negative there, but I will just cover my expenses. But I was passionate about that. It was not my main job at the time, but then it became my main job. Mm. And in, in, in not the job, I never observed it as a job. I, it was for me like something I love and I want to share with other people. And I was doing it, you know, all year round. Yeah. <laughs> People would joke and say, you're like some crazy person that tells everybody they can fix their vision by doing exercises. You know, I said, well, you know, for me, it's such a revelation and it changed me. 
because uh, I had a lot of limitations with my uh, vision problems. Uh, and I, I stopped driving. I stopped playing basketball. I could not see a face of a person sitting across the table when you have lunch with contact lenses. I'm saying bad yeah. correction with eye yeah. aid. Yeah. So, you know, for, for me, it was, wow, this is, this is awesome. So many people wear glasses or, or contacts. So let's just tell them this is possible. But um, it all made sense, you know, like eight years. Why didn't it happen sooner? I was not ready. I had, you know, uh, blockages that I need to work for a company. You know what I mean? Like that's how oh. you are more secure. You know what I mean? Mm. You're, you know, although I always worked at startup companies where entrepreneurship was really, I loved it. Small teams, getting a new investor, another investor. So it was dynamic. I, I could never do a routine job. Simply, it's not my personality. So it was amazing time. Uh, and all this knowledge from previous life, I say, <laughs> for these eight years is actually taken over there. It's amazing. It all matches. And on the surface, has nothing to do with each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually like really curious now and maybe now we can introduce what you actually do first and then we can dig in a little bit sure. uh, because it's something I know but we haven't yet um, uh, told it to the audience. So uh, so maybe like backtrack, you've, you've mentioned your um, uh, challenges with vision and how that impaired you and how long did it last actually that... Mm -hmm you you couldn't really do this and and what was the internal experience of all of that well uh, i had perfect eyesight until the age of 21 so you know i remember what it means to see perfectly and i always took it for granted because i had a lot of cousins a lot of people around me who were wearing glasses and i would even make fun of them <laughs> you know like yeah. oh you're wearing glasses how come you don't see you know then at the age of 21, I started developing myopia minus diopters. And that means you can't see far. You can read nicely, but you can see who is waving. Is it waving at me or <laughs> what's happening? Mm -hmm. So and this was progressing pretty uh, fast along with astigmatism or cylinder. And I developed um, a disease called keratoconus. And I was told at the age of 26 uh, that I will need to have uh, my cornea transplants done by the age of 30. Uh, I was wearing glasses. Uh, I wanted to wear glasses in the beginning, and but they told me, okay, you play basketball, take soft lenses, because obviously, how mm. will you do that? But then soft lenses did not help. I had to wear hard glass, hard contact lenses, sorry. And those were a pain for my eyes. I never got used to them. Uh, I wore them in total for four years, a uh, total of five years with any eye aid. And I heard about um, something called vision training. Leo Angart, who was later my teacher, we worked together for eight years. He was teaching it in Ljubljana in Slovenia. So I heard about that and said, ah, that doesn't work for me. I need to have surgery. I was really depressed. I could not imagine what would happen with my eyes after the surgery. How will I live with these eyes for the rest of my life? I was, of course, very young at the time, and I, I just could not imagine what will happen. And the contact lenses only corrected my vision around 50%, which mm -hmm. means you cannot legally drive because you just don't see uh, well. Um, it really... Um, Took, took me down, uh, like on the inside, I could work at, at my job, you know, I would uh, zoom in on the screen and I could see like this, you know, because I could only see clearly until 25 centimeters from my face. That was it. Mm -hmm. um, I 
did not believe it was possible for me. My uh, great friend, of even today, uh, he told me that I need to go to this workshop. He paid for me. He purchased everything. All oh, uh, he, he made me go because I thought it's a lot of money at the time for me. It was really, you know, okay, three nights up there in Ljubljana and the travel and everything. Yeah. So he helped me. Actually, he pushed me to go. I went crying. Oh, I was God. pissed that I need to go over there because he would not accept the money from me until I come back, actually. So when I went to the, when I came to the workshop, I observed, did not ask one question because there was 80 people at the workshop and there's waiting lists uh, at the time up there. So I was even, I figured you are lucky to have a place, you know, so just shut up and listen, you know, maybe there is something there. Um, There was uh, a lot of people with serious eye problems with um, you know diopters uh, 11 12 13 14 this is serious strabismus uh, after three surgeries no help uh, and all these people believed so the energy really helped me just get quiet (laughs) learn what you need to be doing go home and do your exercise otherwise it will all be in vain and I had actually the greatest motivation from that moment on because only option was surgery and for me it was end of the world honestly uh, so I came back. I did exercises for five months. There were three exercises that I was doing and another two for like eye relaxation because that's a crucial part to having any progress and having stable progress. And I had vision tests, which is great because you follow your own progress. You know, you don't need to ask somebody, do I see more clear? <laughs> you yeah, actually yeah, yeah. can see it, you know, and it's a great motivator. During this time of exercise, I quit twice. Because I had issues with my left eye that it just didn't progress um, as the right eye did. So I thought, I just not possible for this eye. So I would quit and be all disappointed and everything. But then I come back to try some more and there was progress. Uh, really had nobody to uh, support me, which I do differently today. Because mm-hmm. I'm now in the, in, in the roles have turned. Now I am the instructor of vision training. We have support after people go through the training because I understand what it means. And if you are uh, not scared enough for your eyes, I was not smart. I was just scared, you know, like yeah. what would happen with my eyes. So it pushed me, you know, I, I had to. That's how I felt. This is all I got. But uh, many people may, you know, quit or doubt themselves and maybe do something wrong and don't have anybody to check with. So um, I really changed my life from uh, May of 2012. I'm not wearing any eye aid. I have uh, normal vision, perfect vision, can uh, drive, can play basketball, can write, do anything uh, uh, with my eyes only. So for me, it really was magic. Mm -hmm. It's really magic because I uh, never before did I come across some teaching or um, exercises because there's so many exercises today. It has nothing to do with uh, optometry, ophthalmology, any kind of medicine uh, or this field, you know. Um, People do miracles. Uh, Our body can do uh, self-healing in so many ways that we are not even um, capable to understand, I believe. And with years and with, um, especially for the past three years, it came to light, uh, all different things that can be done by yourself. You know, nobody can do exercises for you. You just need to decide uh, that this is for you some kind of priority and then go ahead and change your life. Because this happens for also for kids um, from the age of eight. Imagine getting rid of your glasses at the age of eight, you know, yeah. and like living a life like you never had them. It's a really big deal. Really, yeah. really. 
And as I'm listening to you, uh, there are a few things that come to me. Uh, one is deciding to choose yourself. Um, and and this is, uh, and also uh, the, the necessity of helpers at time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so my, someone my, to kind of. Absolutely. There will always be this person who will turn on the light. Yeah. If you're just a little bit open and admit that you have a problem, <laughs> you know, sometimes people don't admit. Mm. Uh, my family, I, I'm not saying they were not supportive, but they were like, she's doing something strange. Don't tell her anything, but we don't believe she's going to make it, you know, because obviously this was not known to uh, anybody in this yeah. region. It's been going on in Ljubljana for 26 years, but nobody in former Yugoslavia knew pretty much anything about yeah. it. So, I knew I was by myself and uh, I would be happier if they would say, oh, great, you know, you can do it. Come on, do this exercise. No, they were yeah. just quiet, you know, because they, it was so strange <laughs> for them. But um, there will always be a friend or somebody on the street, I'm not joking, uh, who will turn on the light. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's alone. You can feel alone or lonely, but um, if you just come out you know just just come out just go out and say what's the worst thing that can happen okay i can go to surgery i already know that you know so it's known it's known that's it you know yeah just go and try for me it took a lot of effort to just go there yes wow alexandra you 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 would not believe that i even i i even feel uncomfortable sitting around people i don't know which i never felt like that because you just don't see I lost those contact lenses probably 20 times because my eyes were so dry that they would fall out all over the place. When they fall out, I sit and I have no idea where I am or where to go, honestly. It Mm. happened a few times. So it's really, when I said limiting and when I said freedom, I really said, wow, so when your eyes work well, you have all the freedom in this world, you know? Like, wow, it's taken for granted. The eyes are there to, first of all, our security to protect us. You need to see well, you know, if the lion comes around the bush and you don't see a lion. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Back then it was really serious stuff, you know. Nobody wore glasses back then. (laughs) Or did them, amazing. Same people. And I'm wondering as well, uh, this is something I've I've told you I would like to discuss, but there is, um, we live in a world that's quite rational, uh, everything needs to be science-based. We live in um in a medical model, and this is not a judgment. It's just a statement of of what is at the moment. And and obviously, you've you've said that your family has kind of looked upon you with a bit of like, what is this weird thing that she's doing? Which I can I can even say for for therapy or for psychotherapy, where when I speak to to my family, it's still kind of like. <laughs> This is weird, but like she's doing her thing. If it works for her, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just wondering, um, and I, I I know that this is basically everyone's heroes or heroines journey of finding things that are good for us. But I I I wonder um, how uh, how can we expand what's possible because many people don't get uh, the help they need. Because we are so stuck in this idea that everything needs to be fully rational. And a lot of things are about going through an experience and only then 
being able to make judgments. So I'm wondering now, now that you're on the other side, that you see that this paid off and all these things, Mm -hmm. um, how can you speak to this without having it? I mean, it is a miracle. um, And yet it, it, it's also sometimes that we need to kind of succumb to the mystery and just believe a little bit. And so exactly. what, how, what's your relationship to, to believe? And also, I just need to ask you, because I think your hair is on top of the mic. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. I'm sorry. So that. No worries. So uh, I fully agree with you. I noticed the same thing, you know, that, uh, many people, not all, obviously, but uh, people are stuck in the old ways. That's what I would say, or something they're used to. Uh, we all have one thing in common, and that is that we were all once small kids. Yeah. When, when a kid comes to uh, my workshop, kid doesn't care if this is scientifically proven. If it's mm-hmm. fun, they will do it. If they see the progress, they will do it even more because they're so excited to see happiness on their parents' face that they're like, wow, this works. So this is the excitement that we need to keep through life. And it is hard because people tell, you know, there's boundaries all over. You can do that. You cannot do that. You cannot be a mom and have a job and that you love and work when you want and don't work when you want and have so much money or travel. Or, like People are just telling you what you can and cannot do. Uh, in my workshops, I try that my message is um, so clear that I tell people, if you cannot do exercises two days a week, don't come. Mm-hmm. You know, because you need to ask yourself, can I do it two, you know, two days a week, 30 minutes a day? Can it become your routine? But still, of course, in the workshop, there will be people who are scared, worried, doubtful. And I just uh, have all the love in this world for them because they need more help. There's people who just come there and say, I totally know this because I've done this, this, this and that. Just give me the exercises. I'll do it. Those are the easy examples because people are ready to receive. When people are not ready to receive, we have to remember that we were once there. You know, so when I say I have all the love for them, I have understanding, I will stop and give them different examples, you know, just just don't talk about eyes anymore. Let's talk about different things. Let's talk about that uh, a surgery where they actually cut you is possible in state of hypnosis with no anesthesia and no pain. There's so many things on this earth that are possible that if I didn't witness it or I didn't go through that, I don't, ah. Probably that's just a lie or somebody is, you know, telling me not truth because I often get a question. So if this is like that, why does still so many people wear glasses? Why don't eye doctors or, you know, why don't they promote this? And the answer is really simple. They didn't study about this in their books Mm. because the eye exercises come from uh, ophthalmologist uh, William Bates from New York from 19th century. So they're not from yesterday. (laughs) They have a long tradition actually, but it's just something that's not mainstream. Why it's not mainstream, they can ask them. You know what I mean? I choose to work with people who are open, who are curious. Sometimes people come there because they just want to see, they have perfect vision. They say, okay, I want to know what what I can do when when it happens because they tell us everybody will wear glasses at some point, you know? So is this really true? Absolutely not. You still have people who are 80, 90 years old today and not wearing glasses. But it's about how we go through life, how we accept things that happen to us and what we do about them. 
really, it's it's about that. And when you uh, nail this down, anything that comes, oh, it's exercises for this, or it's ways how to make something or do something, you will give it a try. Yeah. Why not give it a try? If you don't, you, you are just richer for one more experience. Even if you fail, if you quit, you, you made a small progress. I had a lady who says, I had minus six. I could not see anything. Now I have minus one. And it's like perfect vision. I'm not doing exercises anymore. <laughs> I was in shock. I just told her, but just do a few more weeks and get rid of it. She said, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, <laughs> so different. Yeah. Uh, wow. You know, but just uh, uh, people are great. And if we choose to see before, I would um, think that generally people are bad, mm -hmm. you know, because my experience was telling me, wow, I did this and this person did that. Mm -hmm. uh, that changed with years, probably in the last 15 years that changed uh, because um, uh, all people have good in them. It's mm -hmm. how you uh, get to it. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes people come in a bad mood and they change until the end of the workshop. They laugh and they crack jokes, you know, and this is the way I like to work. I don't like, you know, like it's a presentation and you do this and you do so many repetitions. It's not about that. It's about understanding how it works how it will work for you, how will you motivate yourself, how will you adapt those current glasses and contacts to follow your progress. It's many instructions, so it's not general, it's you know tailored to people with certain problem or problems. Uh, and this is, uh, people tell me, don't you get tired because you're essentially talking the same thing? I say never because it's always different people. Yeah, you know, so it's it's amazing. I, I never was teaching something like this um, until I did. Uh, so I would really think, yeah, you probably get bored like a professor at school, you know, you talk same stuff, you know, year after year. But no, actually, it's very different and compelling. And you meet new people, you meet great people who stay in touch. So this is, for me, really amazing experience. Mm. And uh, I'm also sitting with um, your HR competences and how they are, might be playing into all of this now <laughs> and how it looks like so separate, but mm -hmm. there is there is no skill that's separable from us mm -hmm. when we learn it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, human resources um, in um, our country here in Serbia, it's more based of paperwork writing vacations, some, a little bit of contracts, <laughs> you know, it's really uh, narrow. And in the U.S., if you study human resources, you can choose among six specializations. Mm -hmm. So it's like, wow, what is all that? Mm -hmm. For me, what I implemented in my work the most is, um, first of all, I have great interviewing skills. I can write resume for anyone. I uh, know how to create a job description. Because, you, because when you understand what the needs are, but then you obviously want to find a good match for this. I'm not saying I didn't make mistakes, but, you know, it's something that with years I really learned how to do. And then also it's, it helped me just uh, studying in the U.S. Uh, helps you learn how to create process that works. Because mm. you can have a bunch of knowledge, a bunch of theory. If you don't know how to pack it into a product or into a process where somebody can, by repeating the process, uh, getting the work done, then uh, you're losing time, you're losing energy, you're losing money and yeah. you don't enjoy work. So really uh, creating a process from beginning to end and then improving and go back and improve it. 
I've done it so many times. Uh, I still today would read my terms and conditions, uh, you know, when people apply to participate and say, okay, what's outdated? What changed? Something always changes, changes, you know, like after eight months, a year, it changes. I'm just not going to leave the old crap there, you know, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So uh, it really uh, brings uh, looking at the thing holistically. Mm -hmm. I don't think people learn it in our country at universities. At least this is not a shared experience of people I know, and I, I know they studied here. So whoever can study abroad, I highly recommend it. If you can stay, live there or not, that's another thing. Then that's completely different mind and different dynamic. But um, really going out there and uh, getting in touch with businesses, with, with uh, existing companies, because you get access to it. It's not like some knowledge that lays somewhere and then you will discover okay. someday. No, you discover it while you study and it shapes, you know, what you would like to be working and, okay, this is not for me. I'm not good at this, but I could, you know, discuss with myself to do this. So this mm. really gave me a valuable experience. And I wonder, um, talking about a process that works, how did you experiment to find your process? Because I imagine that hasn't been like three mm -hmm. workshops and you are there. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and you also mentioned it took you eight years to kind of... Um, kind Decide of what I want to do. Pivot. Yeah, exactly. And I think I, I'm noticing myself being quite frustrated with myself. But you've said I wasn't ready. And so maybe I want to hear about why you think you weren't ready. What was what were the missing pieces? And then mm -hmm. what, what helped you to then make the process that works? Mm -hmm. I uh, At that time, I was working in IT company where I was a co-owner, actually. So I was doing a full-time, more than full-time <laughs> job, actually in developing, developing software. I'm not a programmer, but I was doing uh, software product management, actually, with my um, business partner and with our small team of people. So I enjoyed that. But then whenever we finish the work and then it needs to be implemented with the users and all of this stuff, there's a lot of company politics that mm -hmm. we needed to fit into. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, corporate world uh, in this region, in my opinion, does not exist. The people just pretend it does. Mm -hmm. So uh, you try your hardest. You want to impress them, show them it's possible. And you do all that and still, you know, you could not make a stable company out of it. It would happen a lot of ups and downs where we would get a great inflow of money and then no money, six months living on minimal wage and still being there, not giving up. And this happened quite yeah. a few times. So really, I surprised myself what I'm capable of doing. But then I said, wow, do I really need this in my life? You know, it, it brings a lot of stress. It brings a lot of change. I cannot plan where I want to go on vacation and when, <laughs> you know, like simple yeah. 10 days. So I was always wondering, could this be better? But then I really loved the people, the team that I work with. Mm -hmm. For me, this is half of my uh, working life, you know, the team. Yeah. I, I need to love my people, you know, and I want them to be happy with me. So I will do anything <laughs> to, to make them happy. Honestly, nothing is hard for me. But um, the work itself was getting, you know, after three or four tries and seven or eight years, I cannot even remember, you draw some conclusions there. Mm -hmm. And I was organizing a few workshops a year in, 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 par in parallel for vision training, but I could not devote myself to this because there's simply no time. Mm -hmm. But still, you know, I 
always had this, I remember the feeling after those few workshops a year in the beginning, wow, I feel like I can fly. Like this was the feeling, Uh, you know, the fulfillment, the happiness, um, uh, and people are just starting their exercises, you know, and then then later when they tell you I'm done, then you're happy, then everybody's happy, you get recommendations. And that's how it was rolling for eight years, actually. Then after I decided to quit doing anything with corporate, I told myself, okay, I'm just going to make a break for a year. I didn't say that like mentally I could feel it from the inside. I just need a break because I fell apart. It was a complete burnout Mm -hmm. Uh, with the desires that it was not fulfilled, not with the work. I I love working, but it was just like um, an empty balloon. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'm just going to lay super low now (laughs) and just not even hang out much with people. I, I just needed silence, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And this was um, amazing. And I discovered in that silence, wow, do you think you can do something by yourself if you didn't have these, you know, teammates around you, colleagues? Because mm-hmm. I, I discovered then that I was, you know, questioning, could I do something by myself? Or it's too risky. What if I mm-hmm. fail, you know? But then I said, well, but this, I know how to do it. I realistically don't need anyone. You know, I have the knowledge, I have the confidence. So let's just see how I want to do it. I don't like social networks, Facebook, (laughs) Instagram. But then I decided to open Instagram, took some education on it and started posting some content. Um, That resulted in me uh, getting to some interviews that really blew up. And uh, really, it seemed like it happened overnight, uh, honestly. So that every month workshops are full, both online and live. Uh, and it's been three years now like that Mm. and I always have a thought so what if it slows down but it doesn't Mm. so I wonder why you know Mm. because I'm you know not active so much and I say it's the the balance you achieve and the goodness you attract Mm. honestly I'm in peace even if I don't have any workshops. I'm in peace even if I have full workshops or smaller workshops because I want to, I say, okay, let's just organize the small workshops and try something different. And I see people are happier and then we adapt and make changes. So this is also being playful with that. Mm-hmm. You can teach in different ways. It doesn't have to be this eight-year way. We changed mm-hmm. a lot of it. Like I, I cannot sometimes recognize. We are even implementing the Psych-K Mm-hmm. in the whole thing because people come and they say wow i waited to come to this workshop and then i said okay now you're here you seem like the, the wish is fulfilled but it's not that's not the end of the journey the journey is just starting, just starting. And you need to be working on it you know and then people are like, oh yeah mm. so i said do the exercise and people are just oh i i saw it i know how to do it i said do the exercise you know because when you go home you'll be like how do I hold that crap? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So improving much further than people can even notice. Some people just notice, you know, the pure exercise and anybody can do it. And we even had some people who visited the workshop and are presenting that they're doing it now, you know, like, okay, mm-hmm. we are teaching people and I don't mind, like everybody is free to do whatever they like, but it's about reaching these people. So they have success. So they do not give up. They don't stop. They understand their blockages. Uh, there's people who say, I came here because I have, I know three people who have done it, but I don't believe it's possible for myself. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
you know if you don't believe it will not happen for yourself mm -hmm. and the, it it is a, a universal rule for anything in life yeah i was just sitting with the word belief and yeah. i was thinking about how um how how much the self belief or 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 just being able to um the word is real it's not the release but kind of relinquish control mm -hmm. um and and how much not doing that is also slightly a trauma response and oh. and holding to something that's known because we have already lost so much mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i think maybe I think Serbia, in a way, you know, like taking into account all the things we've gone through, sometimes we are we can't take those bigger risks because we've lost so much. And so exactly. it's like, exactly. if I lose this one more thing, well, yes, whatever kind of thing. But uh, I, I wonder, that's what I think when I'm sitting in front of you, there is something about an unwavering belief in what you do. And uh, you've mentioned that it didn't start there. So I wonder how was this belief slowly built up in you? And it, you, it wasn't a fast one, which I think mm -hmm. is even a better thing because a fast belief maybe maybe is not thorough mm -hmm. enough. <laughs> yes, I, I, I always know that fast success brings problems. And I never wanted that for myself, you know, because people like to talk um, in, in money, like, okay, get a million. Mm -hmm. If you're not ready for that million, you will make an agony of your life and mm -hmm. of life of people around you. Because when you get that money, you can buy all the stuff that you need. And then what is, uh, uh, is there a purpose? Was there a purpose to it? I don't care for money. Um, honestly, so many people have come to workshops for free. Uh, kids, uh, adults. Uh, I, how does that happen? I feel it and I say, okay, you please just join us. You don't have to pay anything. And that's simply how it happens. Um getting the, the confidence and, like you say, unwavering belief that I can do anything I like. If I want to, I can make this in English and go global. The mm -hmm. question is, do I want this? Yes. Yeah. Uh, honestly, because um, it takes a toll. Uh, you need to plan really well, organize really well, know what you're doing, with whom you're doing it, because that you cannot do by yourself. Yeah. I have two business mentors in the past three years. Uh, one is here locally, uh, Jovana Miljanovic, and another one is lady from Vancouver. So it's two different, uh, like you said, uh, uh, women from different areas, different continents, where um, I relate more with the local one, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, I always uh, told to myself, if you don't do anything, you're just sitting there and nothing will change. Uh, I was never really confident with interviewing. When I went to my first podcast, that was honestly my first ever public appearance. Mm -hmm. And of course, you look like an idiot to yourself and like, oh, I, I, I don't like myself. I don't even want to listen to it. But other people listened. It had over a million views within eight months, you know. So for this region, that's a lot. And um, uh, for me, just uh, I don't care how I look. I don't care mm -hmm. if I had um, if I cough now. Because mm -hmm. some people are just blocked so much, they cannot come out there and tell their message. And I feel so sorry for them because when they talk offline, uh, I, I know quite a few women who have their businesses who, when I talk about uh, talk with them, I just want to hug them. Mm -hmm. I have this feeling, wow, this person is so great. Could you just talk like that? Like you're sitting with me at the coffee. 
Yeah. This is the only thing that makes sense in today's life. Stop pretending, stop trying to say a perfect message or how it needs to come out. I will just talk the way I'm inspired and present uh, right now. And that's all that it matters. And because I gave myself this freedom, just go and do that. I still have on the Instagram, my firstly recorded Instagram lives. Oh my God, I look like an idiot there. And, but I, I uh, listen to it and people tell me, okay, you can now, you can now delete it. Mm-hmm. But I say, but I like my message. I will not delete them. You know, I told yeah. honestly, and you can sense the feelings there. Yeah. That's important because we're all human. I'm not any more fancy than you are, or we are superior now that we are talking online than somebody else. So people just need to come out and tell whether it's privately, whether it's business you do, whether it's your some school, you need to just be yourself. Mm-hmm. And you will find the people who will follow, who will, you know, relate to you. Because there's always more people, you know, to share this stuff. Yeah. There's not an unlimited set of problems in this world I think I think everything comes down to quite a few things yeah and it's an an interesting uh thing is as well um um you're mentioning I like to scroll down towards the to to the first videos and I think uh it's so important to also keep that not only because you like it or not but I think it also gives a message that we all grow and we all change mm-hmm. and we all sharpen our messages even for ourselves. Um, and and that's why it's so, so important to not compare with someone's current state, but to be able to see that they had a journey as well. And you've mentioned in the very mm-hmm. beginning, it was mm-hmm. most of the thing happens below the surface anyways. Exactly. Yes. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really important thing a message to transmit but i also want to uh to come back also to vision and interesting so as a therapist um and and someone who really works with the body um um someone said that the body is the um is the best messenger of the unconscious and almost like the message for you is like you are not seeing something really big yeah <laughs> it's almost like i mean that that's a translation i'm sure people would people would find more metaphorical meanings for your condition but there is something about i mean i do alexander technique and it's also it's a lot about what can you let go what muscles can you where more in your life can you release? And I'm just wondering when we speak about the vision training, mm-hmm. uh, what is it about it that you think makes it so effective um, mm-hmm. uh, technically? And maybe say something about how it actually happens. What are the exercises uh, mm-hmm. that people need to do? The exercises are just physical exercises, the movements you do with your eyes in certain patterns or in certain ways. Uh, The exercises are different for different problems, minus diopters plus astigmatism and eye coordination problems. That's like a one group, but each exercise needs to be tailored to what happens with the eyes of actual person. So what happens there is it's not just eye muscles, it's the brain. Mm -hmm. Because our vision system, it's not just our physical eyes. It, of course, <laughs> has a lot to do with the brain uh, because the, that's where the, the, the image is formed. And then also what affects a lot uh, how you see is the 
health of your um, stomach, liver specifically. Wow. Yes. Say more. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes people who have uh, vision problems have neck problems as well. Some, because it's not, it's not again, a self-standing part. It's something yes. that's integrated with the rest of the body. Uh, if you have, um, uh, well, we say greasy liver, a uh, liver that has some kind of diagnosis, you know, not a lot of people here uh, do detox, but not just the body detox, but also the parasites and the mm -hmm. liver detox specifically. These two need to be done at once um, and twice a year. <laughs> because we are not even aware today what we put into our bodies. Um, also, what affects vision is the environment where you sit during the day. How mm. is the light? How is the air? The sleep you have or you don't have? Um, sometimes people have really poor uh, sleeping habits, and this affects that uh, you see with your glasses in the morning, but then midday you cannot see well with them. So you wonder if your diopters grew. Because the diopter vary, uh, varies during the day. We are not robots. Nobody set somebody to, you know, plus two or minus four. You yeah. see differently during the day. And pe for people, it's a hard thing to understand because they're like, but my eye doctor told me it's this. I said, if you visit another eye doctor measured on another machine, you will get a different measurement, right? They say, yes, mm. actually. Which one is right? Mm. Uh, the right one is the one when you put those glasses on, you have optimal vision and your, uh, your eyes feel well. People don't pay attention on how are your eyes today because we use them, you know, with digital screens, people fall, go to bed with their phone and all this yeah. fun stuff, people, kids, you know. So this, uh, the, the modern life has brought challenges for our eyes and vision system that did not exist 20 years ago, mm -hmm. honestly. So the, the life changed. So we need to change the way we treat our eyes if we want to have, you know, uh, you know clear vision number one and if we want to understand what needs to be done to have healthy eyes mm -hmm. so this is really so important what what needs to be done to have healthy eyes because i am actually noticing at times um that i just need to come home and have everything off mm -hmm. that i feel so saturated by light yes um and that i really and if i don't do that i don't sleep well as well mm -hmm. uh and so i'm just wondering um, do you have more information of what it means to to nurture your eyes? Yes, um, absolutely. And and that um, means basically to nurture yourself. It, as you said, it's not an isolated. I know, I know. So what uh, what happens when you look at the phone or laptop or iPad at night, at evening, before or just before sleep? Again, people scroll and then they wait to fall asleep. Uh, the hormone melatonin is not uh, happening if you're having your phone in front of your eyes. And people say, but I put it on a dark mode, you know, or decrease uh, brightness. It doesn't change because the blue light is the one that affects um, us the most uh, negatively. And this blue light goes from really light blue to night blue. So however dark the screen is, the uh, emitting of this is still happening. And how does the dawn look like? In the morning, the sky is light blue. So if you have it light blue on your phone, your body is getting a message. It's not dark yet. And people have severe problems with sleep, uh, sleeping habits due to this, especially people who do um, programming in front of a lot of screens, different monitors. This happens a lot. So 
what we need to be doing is get rid of the phone at least one hour before bed. That's easy to do. And if you um, use, of course, your phone during the day, try to put it uh, away, further away from your eyes. Sometimes people are in a habit to hold it really close, especially mm -hmm. kids, because they get excited, so they scroll and want to, you know, swallow the phone. Mm -hmm. Another thing is um, with your laptop, or if you work on two monitors, put them uh, further away, 80, 80 to 90 centimeters. This mm -hmm. is most uh, work desks are not this deep. So this is the issue. If it's too close, again, uh, there's a lot of um, blue light uh, effects going with our eyes. And it, what actually it affects, it affects the back of our eye. And some people have even uh, lose their sight because of the damage that happens. And how you feel a blue light in your eyes, it, it stinks in the back of your eye. That would be the actual feeling uh, when the damage already exists. So if it didn't happen, it's good, but then move it out. Uh, there is filters that you can put on your phone, on the devices you use, um, and it's called uh, okushield.com, and it's a um, British company that pro produces this stuff. Just put a filter on the phone, and you can look at it as much as you want without these effects. Uh, it's a pretty good uh, protection, not in the eyeglasses, but on the actual device, because on the glasses, because uh, when I'm looking at you now in the screen, I'm looking directly at the source. Yeah, And we need to block on the source, not in front of the eyes. So mm -hmm. this is a different approach. There's, I hope that one day somebody will uh, systematically solve this so we don't have to think of the ways how to protect us uh, with yeah. devices. Then uh, light in the space where you sit. Um, the white light, fluoro fluorescent lights are not good because they are not stable and they lack probably half of the specter of the colors. So our eyes are being used more than they need to. They get more tired. If people who work in, you know, supermarkets where there's this kind of lights or the, it's blinking, uh, the eyes refocus every millisecond with no reason, you know, like mm -hmm. extra refocusing because anything changes in the environment, our system reacts because that's what the eyes are created to do, adapt. So you never see a difference. It's, if it's clear, right. it needs to be clear everywhere. Not wait for a few seconds to get clear. <laughs> So it's a really dynamic system. The eyes uh, run a marathon every day. So we need to treat them well. Mm -hmm. And uh, eye relaxation exercises are something that's absolutely needed for everyone who works in front of the screen. And it can be a simple two towels, a uh, hot and cold towel. Just put it across your eyes, change six times, 20 seconds each, and just see what happens after only one exercise. You feel like your eyes were in a spa, honestly. And it's something we teach um, uh, no, I need to the, try that training. one. I haven't. Really? And do it five or six times a day. Of course, you cannot do it if you have makeup on. <laughs> That's what the ladies complain about. But uh, it really makes a great difference. So basically, you just have a hot and a cold towel. Yes. And then yes. you put it exchangeably. Yeah, you use the tap water. Like, don't uh -huh. put a flat iron. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's super hot or put it in the fridge. It's nothing like that is good. Just uh, use a cold water or tap water or as warm as you can handle. Just yeah. close your eyes, put it like this cover, mm -hmm. 20 seconds. And when you feel the heat is gone, you can change another towel. You don't have to count yeah. to 20. So just replace six times and that's called one exercise. So do okay. like well, five or six of these. People with kids do eight or 10 times. Kids love it. So if kids love it, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's really amazing. Uh, there's also a sort of meditation uh, energy exercise for your eyes. 
how to relax them because mm-hmm. uh, we don't know how to feel our eyes. You know, when I ask people, are your eyes tired? Mm-hmm. Some people are confused because it's been going on for decades and they don't even, they can't tell what is not a tired mm-hmm. eye. They, they don't have anything. That's maybe compare. also something I want to touch is our reference points. Mm-hmm. If, if we are basically so conditioned to live in a high stress, we don't really have like a baseline. No contrast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think these exercises might be something that gives us a contrast to to makes us aware or like, oh wow, look at this. And I know, I know that from doing Alexander technique, when I'm when I realize how much I'm doing this. And then when you actually come back to yourself, you're like, oh wow. And then your yeah. neck suddenly doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. But yes. It takes it takes that contrast. It takes that new baseline to be built in order mm-hmm. for you to jump off. So maybe you want to say something about that as well. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning neck because my neck was always a red flag for me. When mm-hmm. my neck starts hurting, and it's not just about because you're sitting at the computer because everybody is sitting at the computer, mm-hmm. I would say, okay, I'm doing something wrong. Sometimes I could not conclude what I'm doing because I was actually thinking. No, yeah, I know. I entered completely in a in a rabbit hole with something, and I'm forcing it where I just need to say, okay, I'm not gonna do anything about that, and accept that I will just leave it, although it bothers me, although I think something needs to be done, just leave it because what you're doing is not the way, because otherwise my body would not react with the pain, with the stomach pain or with the neck pain. These are my weak points, or let's say alert points. Uh, for, for that you just need to notice if you don't know how your eyes are doing or your body for that matter or yourself as a whole uh, it's a serious problem we are living so fast today so many things to get done so many things you want so it's always the next thing where i'm just i just got super tired of it you know okay you just buy one phone and then one year later there's a new phone so what Am I supposed to buy a new phone? I can have a phone that's 15 years old. I don't care. Honestly, for me, this is just a, something to do work with and <laughs> that's it. But the constant um, desire to have more things where everything you uh, have is within you and everything you need is within you. Because mm-hmm. imagine poor people really can't afford anything. Many times I've heard, oh, they're so uh, poor, but they're so happy because they do not have uh, the, the, the media and different stuff does not create the urge that you are behind if you don't have the next thing. Yeah. You don't need any, you need very little, honestly. Yeah, and yeah. I, I actually have on my on my mirror, it's written, it's in Serbian, it says everything is already there, Svejevec tu, because it's just that resonates the most deeply with me but I can notice how easy is and I I asked you already how how do you keep in your own track but it's really easy to start thinking oh I don't have kids or I don't have an apartment of my own or whatever don't Mm -hmm. Um, but then actually those cannot even come on a such a saturated life uh, that is kind of uh, almost like swallowing in, in, in the amount of, of mm-hmm. busy thinking, which is not even the, the productive thinking. So Yes, and when you ask me how, how do I do it, I 
have a habit of reminding myself. Mm. It simply needs to be there because we are conditioned. It's in our blood that, oh, there has to be something that I want now. Because if I don't want anything, then I'm unhappy. Yeah, imagine. You know, you know like imagine. <laughs> I mean, where, where, what is the next place where we will travel? My husband used to ask me that when we first started dating. And I said, no, I'm fine here. Yeah. Or like here in Belgium, oh, where do you want to go? I said, I don't want to go. I, I want to be here. But okay, what are we going to do the whole day? Because we're different personalities. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I learned how I can fit in his world. And he learned how to fit in my world or just leave me in my world. Yeah. Don't push, you know, because if we push each other, especially somebody you live with, it can be really hard because you think, okay, this person is now unhappy that we are sitting at mm -hmm. home and I'm this person. I can spend a long time as much as you want. For me, it's yeah. never enough, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with books or with uh, some good podcasts, some people that I like, listen, I don't have time in, this, uh, in a day for all that I would like to be doing. But then I select what seems to be important to me the most because mm -hmm. I want to have, you know, uh, time with my family, with my kid, with because um, this is where the award will come one day when you see the good or the bad work. Of course, we'll do some bad work as well. But when you are present and be able to pick up the pieces, because this is your job and you, uh, I, I chose that I wanted this. I chose mm -hmm. to have a child, let's say. And when I didn't have it, I felt everybody was judging me. So I can relate to that as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When yeah. you pass 30, it's it's almost flag. like your clock is ticking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So and how how has being a mom changed you? That was the biggest challenge of my life. Mm. Uh, in a sense that I'm so happy to have her, and I'm spending and uh, thankfully my work allows me to organize my work around my life, let's say around my child and not the other way around. And I'm with her every day, every morning, no rush, spending these precious moments that I just, I'm just telling myself, I need to memorize this. I need to memorize, you know, uh, I don't want to record it with the freaking phone. You yes, know, like, yeah. it, it's here. It needs to stay here. Because um, I really, like, I, I followed everything, every change, you know, I was there and I dreamt that I would be able to do this. I would not be able to do that at the age of 27, 28, 30. Yeah. But it happened later. But anyways, I got my goal, you know, and I'm happy. Yeah. On the other side, I was not aware uh, how much time, how I would feel in terms of where I want to put my hours. So I did not organize my work really well mm -hmm. around this change that happened in my life. So I uh, had to spend a lot of time uh, in the beginning uh, reorganizing stuff, like you said, the, the, like we mentioned, the process. The process and certain things need to change forever. Yeah. And for me, it was hard to let go because I know those things work well. So why would I change? But you simply have to. There's certain, there's more important things that uh, you want. So it was uh, challenging. Uh, there may have been some postpartum depression as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. uh, with, which um, some people talk about, but mm, I don't think enough uh, because you lose who you were uh, yeah. in a sense. Your time, your sense of yourself changes and what is your mm -hmm. role? Uh, fitting into the role of mom because nobody teaches you this and cannot. You simply need to become and then uh, mm -hmm. reorganize, regroup. 
Uh, I had a lot of support from my husband, from my father, from again, male figures, amazing, amazing. Uh, that's how, that, from many people, but I like to uh, talk about the two of them. Um, they are those who observe to see how they can help. Mm. They don't just, uh, tell me what to do. I don't, I don't know what I need to be doing. I cannot tell you what to do. Then you just frustrate me more. <laughs> but it just, again, took, took its time. Mm. Uh, and actually, that's, uh, that's something I, I really reflected on uh, recently. And I spoke to some friends who had, who had children. Um, yeah, how much... Uh, and one person I interviewed, she said it took me four years when I was the first time to actually enter into this role because it's a completely new mm -hmm. role. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, when I when I'm with a baby who I'm not the mother, uh, I can choose to be there for one hour, for two mm -hmm. hours, and then I can choose to retrieve. Yes. I think for for a mother, it's a bit different. I don't know. I don't have the experience, but I imagine the choice to retrieve is completely different. You do yes. retrieve. But it's not in the same way I would have the physical distance. Yes, it's amazing responsibility for another human being, especially where they're uh, mm -hmm. super small, uh, for sure. Because you're like, everything I do impacts them. Even if I'm in a bad mood, I know I'm bringing, you know, yeah. uh, her not, not good things. But I cannot hold myself sometimes. Yeah. You, you know, it's it just yeah. whether you are crying, whether you're screaming, <laughs> whether you just want to disappear. Um, I would come out to like, she would fall asleep and I come out to walk around the building. I cannot move further than 35 meters. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. what if she wakes up? Well, what if she wakes up? Yeah. But at that time in the first few months, uh, the, the body, the chemistry, the hormones, uh, it's something True. I highly believe you do not have control of. It's not about yes. the mental. It's not about, uh, uh, conscience, you know, it's subconscious stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, then if you are feeling alone in the role, uh, I heard that uh, um, there's husband, there's everybody's helping, but the woman feels alone. Like mm -hmm. uh, there, because there's just certain things only you can do, especially if you're breastfeeding, then yeah. the child is dependent on you and you chose it that way, but then yeah. you cannot go wash your hair, you know? <laughs> so yeah. That's oh, wow. Uh, nothing like that in the world. Um, for me, it was just like, this experience needs to go well if I consider to have a second child. You know? yeah. because sometimes it's, sometimes it's, uh, uh, it's you, uh, really. The yeah. stories you tell yourself. But again, time needs to pass so that you can see from a greater distance and say, that wasn't too bad. It was just the first baby, you know? So you're inexperienced mm -hmm. completely and feel insecure and this is so sacred to you uh, jobs uh, taking risks with that for me anytime you know and i feel comfortable <laughs> with taking risks with this i could not recognize myself yeah yeah and actually i think uh, that's what i i'm i'm in the pr internal process of thinking how would i treat myself or my inner baby in a way and then i start to realize how am i abandoning myself exactly so you yeah. start i think it really becomes it comes here to realize how am i not supporting myself mm -hmm. how am i not feeding myself how am i not sleeping well how am not i'm not am i not taking the right care for me and mm -hmm. for someone who i imagine you being fast paced and kind of finding ways to kind of put yourself aside 
Yeah, I think absolutely. this might be kind of this might be a big um, uh, sort of challenge. I don't have the word, but uh, confrontation. confrontation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, I uh, at, when my baby was four months, I decided that I'm gonna find uh, somebody to help because mm -hmm. until that time I was with her 24 seven. Uh, my husband was present a lot as well, but still, I said, well. I, some things my team cannot do, I, I need to be doing it. So do I feel comfortable completely being out for a year? Because it's just the law. It's just what the law tells you. And well, the environment, you know, yeah. that you're a bad yeah. mom if you don't want to pick that up. So I found the lady and said to myself, I'm just going to try and see how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. Felt terrible for two weeks, you know. Then she's she's only she would only come for a few hours, three or four hours, you know. So mm -hmm. let's just see how it goes. Our babies with a stranger, <gasps> wow, you know all these feelings you go through. But I told myself, if you're gonna keep doing this, it's again no good for anyone. Why don't you just take your laptop, uh, agree with yourself what you're gonna accomplish today for an hour or two or however focus, how, however much focus I have, and I felt so much better because while well, I've done this, then I'm. Then uh, through the door comes a happy mom. Yeah. You yeah. know, I have new energy. I can do anything again. So, uh, and it's always small things. Um, sometimes I come back, um, well, quite often, and actually reply to emails, basic mm -hmm. emails that I have people to do because I want to see what's going on. And I want to never forget that any time in life you can come back to that. Why do you think it's always going to go you know, high and up, 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 up. Sometimes, you know, there can be stagnation or things can be, let's say, on a hold because there's a new big leap waiting for you. But then you just come back and do the, the, the little craft. The little you don't have to always build a, a bridge, you know. Um, mm. So for me, this always, and it keeps me grateful. Mm. Mm. Because when you, um, when you get into having enough money that you can help your family, not only finish your business, but help others and do help others, sometimes you feel like, well, you know, this is something I can count on. It's simply there. Yeah. And you forget that you still, you can be on a, on a top, whatever, and then you need to be able to do all the cleaning below if it needs to be yeah. done and small jobs and for, for me, it really keeps and keeps me in touch with the people who write because these are live people. You know, this is real people uh, that you are talking to. It's not just reply anyhow, you know. Yes. You need to, because you don't know who is writing in what kind of mood, in what kind of challenge. So it really, uh, your work, my work, anybody's work who is working with people, yours specifically by title, we know you're there for us. Yeah, but I think uh, uh, that everybody can have a sense of that because even if person is acting out in a way, I've had that on my workshops where a person was just not happy, would get up and talk in front of 40 people, stuff. Um, I would just let them finish mm -hmm. because there's always some kind of pain behind that. It's impossible mm -hmm. that I cause you pain. We're just learning exercises. And I tell everybody, you're not allowed to leave a workshop without knowing what to do for yourself. And this is your responsibility and my responsibility is to teach you. So let's have this agreement, you know, because it's so important. Uh, the understanding that the other person has issues that you don't know about does not give you a right to dig through that. Yeah. But you need to have words. You need to find ways to get on a common ground. Yeah. And I think if this, if people would do this more in families, um, friends, uh, co-workers, yeah. 
some skill would be great. And I think, uh, dear Alexandra, there is a great opportunity to teach people this, you know? Yeah. Not only work on these deep, deep, deep problems, but just let's learn what on, like, on the surface we can do to communicate, just uh, communicate with poise, not poison. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Wow, you've just, you've just made a, you've just made a headline for a workshop. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm good at that stuff. People use me for that. So. Amazing. If you need any ideas, I'm here. We can talk about yeah. it really anytime because yeah. it all comes down to human relationships. Because that's, that's really, it's actually what I want. Um, and yeah. I actually, it's really, it's really funny. I don't know why maybe you've, you've sensed something, but it is, I, I actually really believe um, in building a workplace where we have skills to communicate in ways Absolutely. that is building bridges mm -hmm. um, and, and, and kind of helps understanding and being in a therapy training group, um, you know, in this volatile environments where we are able to change jobs if something doesn't work, yes. it leaves no place for mm -hmm. actually building relationships where people work through things. And I was really lucky that in my ther therapy training, I, um, I was with, with a group of people now for almost three years. And in a way, they don't allow you very specifically to, to leave a group if you have a problem, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. And it's a very healing experience to come and to say, this is how I felt. This impacted me in this way. Um, and, and be able to work through these things and not mm -hmm. just put them under a rug, go to the next thing. Because I feel like we've forgotten those skills uh, of, of being with each other. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because of how much, in a way, we have the choice of not being with each other. Yes, absolutely. Starting from the phones and then changing environments, like you said. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. People like changing hats. But this is, uh, again, uh, live people, real people around you. And um, uh, for me, uh, a success cannot last if you don't implement this. You can have a, a, a good year. But then I wondered when I had my first great year, not good, great year, I wondered, this is something, but how will you maintain this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, how do you see yourself? How do you want to feel? Who do you want to work with? How do you want to keep this team around you? Because again, team of people uh, for any job that simply requires people is mm -hmm. uh, half of the happiness uh, in that. Yeah. So you really need to ask yourself and to ask what kind of skill communication skills you have or you don't have. Because for some people, I come off as arrogant, uh, direct. Uh, I am direct. I want to be like that because that's how I feel myself. I mm -hmm. feel that's me. I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want to be too strict to like hurt you without like recklessly speaking. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you the truth. I want to tell you how it is. And um, in work environment, it has helped me a lot, actually. But uh, people, like let's say colleagues, sometimes I would not work with them really well. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why this person does not? Sometimes I, I uh, wanted to belong, even that I didn't. Whenever I forced that and just wanted to, you know, like be in that group, it simply didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> it never does. Yeah. I, I also discovered at 14 years of playing basketball, and changing six basketball teams, the two teams where I didn't play well were teams where I didn't click with my teammates. Yeah. Honestly, it was a pain. 
And like, that's an I important thing to say, how much yes. we think our success is um, mm -hmm. uh, connected to us only, but how much support and mm -hmm. good communication is actually what helps us flourish. Mm -hmm. And so I'm totally not against changing what it feels like the place you are in is basically the poison in a way. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, there's toxic environments. And this was this was the kind, actually, where yeah. there were always small groups of girls. You know, this is the black girls. This is the blonde girls. This is the international girls in, in the US. It was amazing. Like, mm -hmm. there's no one team. There's four groups in there. And nobody was functioning with anybody. It, it was just that I was bothered. Other people were not. Yeah, uh, and that's where you just decide. Okay, this is too much energy. I cannot change them, but I can change yes. for myself. And this is yes. what you do. But um, when you get into an environment where you click well with people, simply enjoy it. Mm. Um, honestly, it's it's amazing. Uh, and those are the best years of my playing basketball. It has nothing to do with uh, again money or whatever we played for free just for a t-shirt, you know, for sneakers. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So this was the, the best years, the best experience, learning how to lose, how to win, how to handle yeah. anxiety, different things. Amazing. And I, I, as I'm listening to you speaking, there's a thread about you that is um, being quite meticulous and caring about the things mm -hmm. you do and quite present uh, or at least striving to be quite present mm -hmm. in your motherhood, in your work, in your... Um, and so how do you cultivate presence? Sometimes I put too much pressure, mm -hmm. too much expectations uh, from myself. I mm -hmm. can be unrealistic. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think I uh, have a short, uh, I, I, I don't take too long to notice that that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. When I notice, okay, this is what I'll do. I notice, okay, it doesn't work whether I don't feel well, whether I'm not achieving, whether I'm dragging to-do list <laughs> to another week and another week and another week. What I do in those moments, I just delete everything because that means I don't have to do anything but take care of my child, nothing mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I cook for her, I'm, I myself and for us as a family. And this is what I feel happy doing. I ask myself, do I like to cook anyways? You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, I said, well, I actually enjoy it when I have time, but I needed to give myself time to notice that. Otherwise, it would feel like, ah, oh, too much work and it's every day I want to have a fresh lunch and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, because for me, food is very important because what you put into your body is who you are. Yeah. You know, you put the best gas in your car, but then you go and grab McDonald's. I like McDonald's, but <laughs> yeah. very, very rarely, you know. Yeah. So I decide what's really important and it comes down to basic human needs, which yes. is amazing. Yes, that's, uh, like that's, I, what, that's I actually, what I'm sitting with lately. <laughs> I love it because it's so simple. Like it we think simple. too many things. Life is very simple. Um, I sound, sound wise, but I, again, mess up um, um, quite often when there is a new, new project that I take on. I always have to go through this cycle. Yeah. You know, you need to try trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's error. No. Well, let's regroup and do something differently or just postpone it when I don't care two or three years, but I know it's going to happen for me. Uh, and I learned that uh, that something uh, significant that I want to do. OK, it's a great idea. I feel it. It's it's something for that is for me and it's mine mm -hmm. to do, let's say. But 
it's not a good time. Now it's time for something else. See what is that else that you need to be doing now? Because sometimes we are like kids. I want to choose what I do. You know, sometimes yeah. it's yeah. tough. <laughs> that's, that's an important one because I've, uh, I've learned that from my boss, actually, uh, observing how he kind of goes with the flow because I have this energy of like, we, we need to do it now. And, and then, but then I've learned uh, sometimes the field needs to constellate for that to be the right moment for the thing to be published in, in my line of work. Uh, and I'm, I, I kind of, I really realized how important it is to, to notice the timing, but I think it's a little bit coming from Serbia and having this kind of having the scarcity thinking, well, like now has to be the time because we don't know something like really hard can happen. Yeah, uh, it true. takes, it takes time for me to, um, to remember that maybe we're not in the war anymore. Maybe it's not the time where things will just collapse into themselves. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can actually wait. And now with the age, I can, I can, and even, even, even the war kind of, it's a gap to do something. Different. Absolutely. Many things have flourished yeah. during the war. And I'm not just saying yeah. bad things. Yes. But people. Yeah. Uh, same thing happened with Corona. Yes. Exactly. Whatever that was, same thing happened. Exactly. And um, I believe that we live, um, there, even if there's no war, we still live in an unstable, uh, in an unstable country politically. Yes. Yeah. And it was, for me, I just feel it will always be like that. Because yeah. simply of our position and the surrounding countries and everything. Yes. But what I tell myself, your work and what you know uh, is up here. Yeah. And you are taking your head everywhere with you. Yeah. So even if it's the darkest of times, you have some knowledge to help you, yourself, your family, your friends, other people. You have the, the skill. You have okay. the knowledge. And you can work from anywhere. Yes. This is something that gives freedom. Not all yes. the jobs are like this. I completely understand that. But I'm saying if you can choose, you need to gravitate toward this, honestly. But I, I also think what I've learned is that uh, in a way you can um, you can always find inside yourself things that are of support to others that then can become a job. But Absolutely. we get stuck in this idea that it has to be the job the job okay. or and look, the school you finished yeah the school you finished yeah yeah so i just want to uh, see because uh, just to respect the time uh, just to see if there is anything i haven't asked but you feel like a burning desire to cha to share that we haven't really touched my god i think we <laughs> covered so much that i did not even dream it would come out this way in your and my conversation here <laughs> i'm so happy that i uh, uh, that you reached out to me and that we were able to uh, record this uh, conversation this podcast um, and i hope it will bring a lot of value to people who listen and just take the message that is for you Mm. Not all the messages are for everybody, whether you take some education or work with somebody, there will, there's actually very little that you take. You cannot remember yeah. hours or days or months of education or content, but there's always um, something, uh, what is for you will come to you. You will feel it. So, yeah. 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 And um, so I just want to uh, add, uh, because we didn't touch upon being a woman and being supported by men. I mm -hmm. think you peculiarly have that 
um, in your experience. Yes. Uh, and I would like to um, just touch upon how did you keep your womanhood uh, and mm -hmm. still was were able to be contained by the men around you? Yeah, this was uh, for me um, never a challenge, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. I found uh, um, harder to function around the uh, women environment uh, of same age, let's say. Because sometimes it would be uh, comparison, competition. For me, this is time wasting, honestly. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I, uh, when I started uh, working after I graduated, I finished my school. It was men environment because it was inform information technology. So there's mm -hmm. mostly men, and I started um, simply being open to learning from them. To how do I talk to them? How do we function together? And it developed, I developed many relationships um, with friendships. Um, uh, well, uh, one of them is my godfather. <laughs> so uh, it just was amazing how much they are honest, direct, which I like. They don't go around the bush. They just tell it straight. They um, do not use many words, which I do use. So probably it was nice. Uh, so I have my space and they have enough space for them to say what they have where with years uh, all of them uh, stuck next to me actually we're still together although we don't work together anymore but we reference each other and talk about any challenges that we have so for me that's really great uh, after being so much around men uh, within the last two years I said wow I need to uh, return to there must be some women out there who I can function with uh, whether it's hanging out or talking about business or talking about just anything. And I did find a circle through, um, again, business mentors, mm -hmm. which there's, of course, women alike who are have really the same values, I must say, or most of our values, we share common values. That's where you recognize you belong and you can talk about, well, anything that the subject is about. So this really provided me the balance between the two because some, at one point I wondered, can I have a female friend? you know and um, i enjoy the company more of older ladies uh, older than myself because mm -hmm. those women have wisdom uh, and i simply have more topics more more of the things that interest me i can talk about more with them yeah, so but this really... most of my well not not now but for a long time most of my mm -hmm. best female friends were older and yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that really mm -hmm. and i have i think it's great to have different circles um you know like have variation not stick with more of the same people you yeah. know sometimes people are just like oh it's just my high school friends you know i say yeah you're 35 now you know or 40 years old do you have anybody else just because you need somebody fresh yeah. So and you can always change that. People, I believe for a long time that if it's not your friend from school, you cannot build because circles are already taken. Nobody no. left for me, you know, because I, I moved a lot and then you just leave everyone behind. So and that would be a huge felt feels like a huge loss. Like you're oh, yeah. wow, like, where am I supposed to go now? <laughs> so yeah. that everything can change. Just yeah. uh, look for what you want to have. And yeah. just enter, just enter there. I, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, just take it, you know, like I um, actually had a colleague and his wife is one of my great friends today. And we were just there for a coffee, talking and talking. And I discovered I like her. 
not my colleague. So I just told her, will these women feel strange if I tell her because she's um, some 15 or 16 years older than me? I just asked her, can you and me go for a coffee and talk our stuff? And she said, why not? You know, like yeah. I, I, I had the struggle like I'm asking her on a date. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like and that's, a... that's another important point is how important are different relationships Absolutely. That the that romantic relationships are not the be all and all, no. uh, and yeah. and having different support systems is is really really important. Yes, yeah. I told my husband, this of your friends I like, this one I don't. <laughs> like they don't have to know that, but just for you to yeah. know. So you go and have fun with them all you want. Yes. This is I simply well will not accommodate to the extent where I don't find anything there for myself. So yeah. it, it's a time waste, uh, energy waste, energy leak. So yes, no. yeah. yeah, and that's that's a, that's an again like a really fair. I love that. I will not accommodate to the extent. Yeah, that no. is. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so we are precious. We are uh, my my business mentor Jovana jokes. You are not a precious snowflake, and I say like there's some rules yes. that stand for everyone. And I completely agree, but I told her, is it okay if I treat myself as a special snowflake when I choose where to be and not? She said, absolutely. So, okay, so that's great. Yeah. And uh, then the last uh, kind of quick question, one is like, what compliments do you like to receive? About how people feel in my company. Because mm -hmm. those are precise. When people really feel it, they know how to say it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, but mostly it, what I like when people feel about me, because that's what I try to achieve is that I'm present and that I'm, I'm there. I, um, you know, when a workshop lasts two days for five hours, uh, are you there the whole five hours? You know what I mean? Yeah, you, absolutely. You can be because you are in interaction. It's dynamic. It's, you know, so, uh, that I'm present and mm -hmm. that they feel heard. Mm. They, 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 it's a clear message that they understand the, the clarity that they get on either what they need to be doing or just what it's all about because mm. there's higher sense you know it's not basic stuff when you want to do big yeah. things it's not really just basic stuff it's a little bit more understanding about deeper deeper systems that work Mm. and uh, yeah the word being present is the best present comes to mind yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, is there an absurd thing about you that not many people know about? Something that, you know, now that we've kind of got the flavor of who Gorica is, but something that from what we've just said would completely not compute. <laughs> oh, my God. There probably is. Let me think. Sorry. There must be. Oh, God. Well, I, uh, I, I. I live in the city, but I have a house uh, in the countryside. So I want to go and completely retrieve from the city now that I have a kid. And this will happen in the future. I know that. And just uh, spend however long time there. And for me, it's amazing that I found a husband who would follow that. <laughs> Uh, oh, <laughs> because wow. I was so skeptical because this was a decision made within myself before I met him and then when I presented the whole thing I was really scared because he is the city guy 
<laughs> so mm-hmm. actually, uh, this is amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would probably never choose to live in a big city, like a mm-hmm. like super big city. Mm. And I I'm think... sitting with, we, we didn't speak about uh, how you found him, but I wonder what it took inside you to find someone that supports you in the way you want or need uh, uh let me tell you when i found him i didn't know i found him oh. uh, i because some things are okay we're alike but some things are obviously different and um, i just had to learn his language honestly to mm. recognize that he supports me but he has a different way of how he communicates of how he shows stuff or what he does for me, it was a revelation because sometimes we tend to think when things work for me, I think, okay, this is probably the best way for most people. Yeah. Well, it wasn't for him at all. Like he completely sees the world <laughs> differently and the way how he functions. It's much more simple than me. So I learned a lot from him. And we like to joke he's two years younger than me. I said, wow, you can learn something from a younger person. <laughs> you can learn I've learned from kids in my workshops. Like you just, yes, absolutely. Wow. So yeah. I uh, actually needed to learn how to communicate with him because my way was kind of dominant and pushy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I have all the proof that it works. So uh-huh. I just say it with confidence and it seems like this is what we do. This is the way. And actually it can be done differently and much lighter, much lighter, just somehow nicer <laughs> with more peace. I told you it was the hard, at the beginning of our conversation, the hardest mm. thing is to achieve peace. Peace. Yeah. Mm. So he kind of balanced you out. And, on Absolutely, because he's, he, you know, because we're not so much alike. Yeah, actually. which if is, you, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And, like, and it, actually, it I think being able to be with someone who is different is the highest achievement. Yes. It's, and It's not the same when it's, we are seeking. Yes, because I, I used to fight a lot in mm-hmm. my relationships. Just, um, I don't know what I was fighting for. Now, when the time has passed, you're like, what are you fighting? Uh-huh, you're fighting against something you believe is threatening for you. Yeah. Because that, that, that uh, way may work as well, you know. Yeah. And then you would be happy that it works, but you are scared. The fears inside you of your security, you know, that inner child yes, is just um, wanting to stay the same place because it's checked, it works. It's, let's do this, let's do that, let's go there. Yeah. Don't do that. Why you do that like that? I mean, uh, wow. Had to change a lot of my language, uh, which I never used for the outside world. You know, like internally we function a lot differently actually i used to curse a lot because mm-hmm. uh, that's just the dynamic in my family even when we joke <laughs> so mm-hmm. but that doesn't come out well and sometimes you're you're sometimes at the age where you're just like i don't need this <laughs> so a lot of changes mm-hmm. happen mm. thanks for sharing this thanks yes. for uh, yeah i just want to thank you for the vulnerable conversation we had thank it you so feels- much it feels like uh, I've learned. I definitely learned a lot, and I I was I was pondering what workshop I will give at the end of the year, and it's going to call to be called "Communicate with Poison, Not Poison." Exactly. I like it. Uh, perfect. I like it. And you are perfect for that, and you know that. Yes. Yeah. Thank because you. Because you for understand that. what it's about. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. So I think it was, it was. Uh, I think that's also why I think invited you as someone who aspire, I aspire um, 
business wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've le- really learned a lot from just you being you. So thank you so absolutely, much. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll grab coffee someday. Absolutely. Yes. You have just heard the story of Gorica Mijevic, the founder and CEO of a vision training school in Belgrade. She has been doing these vision trainings for children and adults since 2013, and she's trying to impart practical knowledge on how to fully recover their vision, including problems with the function of the vision through exercises. Her mission is to let people know that there is a choice that does not involve wearing eye aids for the rest of your life. If you want to connect to her, you can find her on Instagram. And if you like and enjoy these stories, please share and subscribe so they can reach more people. 